0: It's the SNL Hall of Fame podcast With your host, Jamie Dew Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna And featuring Matt Bardil And now, Curator of the Hall jamie do
1: all right thank you so much doug the nance it is great to be back here season five is underway and there's no better way to ring it in than by asking you to wipe those feet before you come inside the snl hall of fame which is a podcast It's a weekly affair, and each episode we take a deep dive into the career of a former cast member, host, musical guest, or writer, and add them to the ballot for your consideration. Once the nominees have been announced, we turn to you, the listener, to vote for the most deserving and help determine who will be enshrined for perpetuity inside the hall. That's the game. That's what we play here every week. We've been doing it for four years, uh, four seasons, and uh, we're going to continue doing it until we've exhausted the pool of potential nominees. So there's that. This week we are talking about Adam Sandler, and I can think of no better person to kick off this conversation than our friend Matt Ardill. I'm walking down the hallway. I am tight to the wall where the outer wall, where the east wall meets the north wall, forms a corner and that is of course the trivia corner matt's minutiae minute let's go oh matthew how are you doing hey jd i'm good and yourself i am great thanks for asking i'm really excited about this week's episode it's the first episode of the fifth season and that's pretty cool Uh,
2: we're starting off with a great one, yeah, it is. It's got some great guests, uh, oh, and you can't start with a more interesting character than than this, uh, Adam Sandler. That's right. Height five foot ten. Born September ninth, uh, nineteen sixty six. Uh, he first took the stage at seventeen uh, when his brother pushed him into doing stand up, and he did not turn back after that point. Jeez. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine at 17 <laughs> what what you would do, but yeah, he did it. He attended NYU's uh, Tisch School of the Arts, graduating in 1991. And you'll note that's a year after he started at SNL. Oh my so he God. He was still going to school when he started at SNL as a writer. The thing is, like, he's incredibly prolific in a lot of ways. He's got 88 film credits, 63 producer credits, 29 writer credits, and 37 soundtrack credits. You can pretty much thank his Wedding Singer film right. for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, he has 21 films that have been, that he's been involved in that have grossed over $100 million. And many of those are pro- produced by his Happy Madison production company. The, the highest grossing Happy Madison film is grow- Grown Ups with $272 million in box office with an $80 million budget. So even factoring in another $40 million for marketing as the standard, that walked away with a a pretty penny in in his pocket for that film. Uh, I bet. Now, he was um, 35th on 2003's Power 100 list. He's the second highest earning actor in both 2011-2012, next to Leonardo DiCaprio. Earning thirty-seven million dollars and is estimated to have a net worth of up to five hundred million dollars as of today. Uh, so he's done pretty good for himself. Not bad, huh? Not not bad. Yeah. But now his first acting role, though, was as Theo Huxtable's friend Smitty on uh, the Cosby Show, and Jeez. that was the, yeah. He so it was a kind of a, a ignoble beginning. A little little bit part. Uh, he followed that by roles on MTV's game show Remote Control before scoring his first film role in Going Overboard uh, in 1989. One of his earliest roles was in an ABC after-school special credited as Drug Dealer. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just can't think of a less convincing drug dealer, but it was ABC after-school special. When he t- does film, he tries to make sure any uh, any scenes that are being filmed on location are near a gym that has a basketball court. So he can go and play basketball between sessions uh, of filming. He basically is just a dude who loves the people and things that he loves. Um, so he tries to fit in his friends and, and, and music and and things that he loves into every film. So he's big, van halen fan a police fan and a sticks fan and in in his movies he's he's made sure to include those like big daddy had babe by sticks every little thing she does is magic in the wedding singer and that's my boy and that's my boy his character asks the teacher he had a crush on in 1984 to come go to a van halen concert at the local stadium with him and the film features and The Cradle Will Rock and Dance the nice Night Away Twice and Ice Cream Man. So, wow. yeah, he, he really does try to incorporating the things he loves in there. He's um, also a big wrestling fan, frequently, frequently referencing it in his films like Billy Madison, Waterboy and Big Daddy. He, he's widely considered to be just a pretty good dude. Uh, his friends with former colleagues continually supports them finding them places for him, them in his movies. To the point, Chris Rock, uh, when recording his his uh, Never Scared uh, special in 2004, dedicated the performance to his father, Julius Rock, Monteria Ivy, a radio personality and comic, and Stan Sa- uh, Sandler, Adam's dad. Oh. Weirdly, though, he was almost Willy Wonka. Uh, one of the roles he was considered for was Tim Burton's uh, Willy Wonka instead of Johnny Depp. Which, oh, that
1: would have been nice.
2: It would have been a very different movie. I can only sure. imagine. He purchased Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's Hollywood home after attending a New Year's Eve party there as a as a guest. He And he's just an all-around lover of comedy. He did a comedy album uh, in 1993. They're All Gonna Laugh at You. Which is uh, a great record great record. Uh, we featured it on my podcast comedy on book club years ago. It's a work of sketch comedy tradition. It features many SNL cast members, but it also used all original Foley work creating special effects using classic techniques used in radio and not stock sounds. So he he loves his friends, he loves comedy, he loves music and is just a pretty good dude.
1: Yeah, I think so too. It's going to be interesting to hear what Thomas and Veronica have to say. Maybe we should hit that now. Yeah, it'd be great. All right, let's go downstairs and talk to Thomas Senna and Veronica Villanueva.
3: Yes, that's right, JD and Matt. Thank you so much for the introduction. And this is the first episode, well, the first nominee we're covering in Season 5 of the SNL Hall of Fame. I'm so excited. We're kicking it off with the biggie, Adam Sandler, crowd-favorite Adam Sandler. And to do that, I'm joined, I had to ask her back, so my friend, wonderful guest from last year, Veronica Villanueva, who was my guest for Lady Gaga in season four, so good, Veronica. I had to ask you back. You're my leadoff guest for season five.
4: A scooby dooby, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: your Adam Sandler.
4: Yeah, scooby doo.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
4: yeah, we got to start off right. <laughs> <laughs> thank
3: you for joining me. You did of such, what? and I would tell you if you sucked. I'd oh, like, thank you,
4: know, you. I would hope the... so. After all these years, that you'd be like, you know what, Veronica. Yeah, suck. And that's all right.
3: <laughs> it's it's not you, it's me. <laughs>
4: yes. Yeah, all that it's good it's stuff. It's all so. you. Yeah. <laughs> but you were awesome
3: on the Lady oh, Gaga episode. You. We got good feedback, so I had to ask you back and you're back for Adam Sandler.
4: Woo-woo, I'm very excited to talk about Adam Sandler. Like, wow, I, I, this is a real honor and thanks for asking me back. I'm um, I'm very excited and it's just a I mean, he's amazing, so I can't wait to see what we we discuss.
3: Yes, yes, all of us uh, SNL fans have very fond memories of Adam Sandler. So, as comedy fans like you and I, we grew up in the '90s. We're children of the '90s. So, this is right in our wheelhouse, Adam Sandler. Yes, we got
4: to see him in his prime. Like we got to in see his it from prime. beginning to like '90 90 to '95. Like, wow, that was we us. Got to
3: see exactly. We got to see like him hatch out of the egg as a little Adam Sandler, and we got to see his career blossom so that that's what uh, 90s kids remember as they mm-hmm. say uh, yeah. <laughs> so do you know do you remember uh, have any recollection about your first uh you know how you first became acquainted with adam sandler
4: i do i really do i remember seeing siren live and seeing adam sandler i don't think he did like a he was probably was very early on he was in the background and i said i've seen this guy before and because, again, like we talked about last time, I didn't grow up with cable. So I was very much like there was a limited set of TV shows that I watched. So when I saw Adam Sandler, he was probably in the background of a skit. And I was like, "Was he on the Cosby show? He was, I think that's Smitty from the Cosby show. He's Theo's friend. And I remember being like, <laughs> I know this guy, you know. And so um, that was one of my first memories. But then, of course, the thing that really stood out to me was when he would sing on Weekend Update. Like, that, yes. to me, is, like, signature, like, what stands out mostly in me first thinking about Adam Sandler and Saturday Night Live.
3: That's a deep cut. Adam Sandler, like, a guest role that he had <laughs> yes. early in his career. I love it. <laughs> yes.
4: It really, I couldn't, I remember him just hanging out, and he would wear kind of similar clothes that he wore on Saturday Night Live with, like, the cap and, of course, like, the little flannel, you know, and that's why mm-hmm. he, it was like, he just... I just remember seeing him be like, "Oh, there he is."
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember him. I don't know. You said you didn't have cable, but did? Do you were you aware of a show called Remote Control?
4: No, no. So it was a
3: game show. It was Colin Quinn was on it too. So Colin Quinn was oh, wow. a sidekick. Okay, and then a guy named uh, Ken Ober was the host and so there was just like these three people they were the contestants they would sit in like lounge chairs yeah. and answer questions about tv and there were all these things and adam sandler was one of the guys who would come out and like sing a question or oh. perform a, a question yeah or something like that so that's where i first remembered adam sandler was on remote control you have to look up old videos this is I like will. a goofy late 80s <laughs> yes. show
4: him doing the hustle
3: yeah the struggle, <laughs> right. you know yeah, exactly. That, that's where yeah. he made his bones is on the <laughs> Cosby show and remote control.
4: Yes, that's interesting. And he has already prior to this huge presence that you're like, I know you, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. Huge presence. People people warmed up to him. He was like kind of like the guy next door.
4: Oh, 100%. He's like an
3: everyman kind of mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you? One of the other things too, uh, And this was out when he was already on SNL. I don't know if you listened to any of his comedy albums.
4: Oh. My goodness, that that was the first comedy album I ever listened to, and my gosh, like there's just so many songs. And I'll be honest, I'm particular. They're all going to laugh at you, like okay. My favorite song to this day, I quote it at least maybe once a month. I maybe sooner is "Food Innuendo Guy," because somebody <laughs> says celery stick. <laughs> I'm going to slip no. my celery stick up the back of your dress, Like that comes up or, you know, your um, cream of mushroom. I'm making some enchiladas and I'm like, I need a cream of mushroom. How- I mean, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Th- those. And I was a kid. You know, we were kids back there. We were like coming of age and like that was hilarious. Like that was just we were raw.
3: Like eleven.
4: <laughs> what were we listening to? Where were our parents?
3: I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
4: There's so much stuff that I'm like, all right.
3: Yeah, we probably shouldn't have been listening to Adam Sandler's comedy albums, especially they're all gonna laugh at you. That came out in like '93. So mm-hmm. the one, I, of course, I like the buffoon, the different, oh. the mm-hmm. the different sketches that had the buffoon. The most juvenile thing that still makes me laugh to this day <laughs> yes. is a sketch called "The Longest Pee." <laughs> oh. Yes, that's, yes. That that's the dumbest yeah. thing probably that makes me laugh to this day.
4: But yes, but you know what? Even just that little pause shh, keeps going. You know, and yeah, it just exactly. gets you every time. It gets you every time. I, I even though I'm a girl, a female, like I've never had that kind of crazy pee, but I've heard a lot <laughs> of dudes talk about that crazy pee, and it's just hilarious. Where he's like, "Oh my god."
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's he's like scared for his <laughs> yeah. health. Yes, yes. I like what the hell happened to me. Too, I think that was that was my jam. Uh mm-hmm. Sean Lynch and I used to listen to. What Oh the hell my happened gosh!
4: To me. Blast from the past. The, yes, yes, yes.
3: All the time, joining <laughs> yeah. the cult, the uh-huh. goat, Steve Polychronopolis. Like oh, all of these were like yes. burned into people our age. Yes. All this stuff's burned into. Yes, my,
4: the, it is. Yes, where like the one where he's like, "You're not high. You're smoking like." Pencil exactly. shavings. He's like, I am so yeah. high right. <laughs> yes. These oh,
3: weird because like I gave you pencil shavings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's like, oh. Must but... have been that this beer that I've drinking. I'm so drunk. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yes. And those things for us, yeah, it was just like it was ingrained in our childhood, which I'm so thankful for every day. I know that, you know, uh there's all these different decades or whatnot, but the 90s were pretty freaking awesome, especially Saturday Night Life. Yeah. Like they had it booming. That was like, that for me, the A-Team All-Stars through that whole entire time, there was just so many characters that were brought up, created, and we got to see that life in its its infancy and then growth.
2: Yeah,
3: it was such a good time to be an SNL fan. So Adam Sandler on SNL, he joined the cast officially in the middle of season 16, already a stacked cast. Mm -hmm. Already Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, uh, Mike Myers, uh, I don't know if Jan Hooks. I think Jan Hooks is maybe still there mm-hmm. at the time. I don't know. I forget if they, if they overlap. They so kind of overlapped. Good, mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Nealon. There was just such a good cast that Adam joined in. Uh, so I wanted to start off, uh, Veronica, by asking you like where we should start off as far as like Adam Sandler's SNL career. Like what sketch uh, character uh, should we start off with as far as Adam Sandler on SNL?
4: One of my favorite ones is the Pepper Boy one with Dana Carvey and the whole entire, you know, how he started off as this meek, sweet guy who's under, you know, his wing for Senor Marco. And it was just hilarious. Fresh Pepper.
2: On
5: my chocolate mousse? No, thank you.
4: They win. No. <laughs> Hey cut it out. Come on. Say when. No, come on. Tone. Say when. No, come on. Come on. Say when. When. Say when.
0: Say when. Say oh,
2: when.
5: Say
0: when.
3: I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was uh that was in his last season. That was season 20, which was a weird season. This mm-hmm. was like one of the standout sketches mm-hmm. to me of season 20. Like Dana Carvey came back to host. So, uh Chris Farley made a memorable like minute Appearance in that. Yes. Uh, there's a funny story with this. Like, uh, with as far as Chris Farley, like I guess he was filming maybe Tommy Boy or Black Sheep or one of those so they, he flew out he really didn't have to, to to do SNL that week he was still on the cast and he didn't have much going on in the show so Chris Farley said if I'm going to be in this sketch I'm going to make it memorable so so he put on this like loud affectation in the beard and you could see in this sketch that he caught Adam Sandler off guard So Adam Sandler he had to like turn away his head yeah he had to turn his head away so he wouldn't laugh but that's because Chris Farley was like I thank you Pepper like it was just this over the top bravo
4: hey, bravo yeah Bravo. you can hear you can hear dana carvey being like don't break you know what i mean mm-hmm. and even yeah. dana carvey like he said that like all week long that chris farley was just like oh thank you pepper boy and like they were not expecting yeah. at all oh my gosh
3: <laughs> yeah that, that was the, the show the camaraderie between like farley and sandler but you were but you hit on something as far as like Adam playing shy and timid mm-hmm. really well. And I and I noted that when I watched this sketch again, I'm like this is one of my favorite examples of Adam playing like a very timid character, but doing it so, so well. Like that was kind of an Adam Sandler trademark, Veronica.
4: Oh, 100%. Like when you think of Adam Sandler, I'm talking about from SNL and to Billy Madison and beyond, like he has this ongoing thing. And like you're saying, like the boy next door, like, He's the underdog. You want to root for him. And all his characters really have that kind of common thread. And so it's just such a sweet, enduring thing that when you see him right away, you're like, I've been there. I felt that way. Like, that's... Thank you for pointing out that I'm not alone.
3: Yeah. Even even something like... Obviously, with Pepper Boy, he's starting a new job, and somebody's teaching him the job. We've all been there. Yes. Maybe maybe not to that level or <laughs> a Wins, situation, Wins. but yeah, right? No, nobody's <laughs> ever made me use <laughs> a pepper grinder for that, but yes. um, but uh, we could all relate. He was like very relatable in that sense. Like Even in a goofy character like that, like he was learning this job he wanted to do so well. He didn't quite have the tools to do it, no. and it just played out so hilariously. like. The way he was able to play with everybody in that sketch, like Janine Garofalo, Tim Meadows, like, yeah, they were all in that sketch.
4: Yeah, and, like, I like how at the end, like, again, going the whole underdog thing is that at the end, they got electric pepper grinders, and so they went and opened up their own pepper store, and I think Carlo, Adam Sandler's character, ended up getting pepper lung. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) that is hilarious, you know, but they kept going, you know. So, yeah, Yeah, but mm -hmm.
3: the shy and timid thing, like the Mm -hmm. Hurley boy.
4: Oh, let's talk um, about the Hurley boys. Yes, yes.
3: Yeah, Adam was just so good again in that, like, oh, like, just kind of like the very (laughs) timid, relatable guy.
5: Hello. Let me feed your dog. Please, if you go away on vacation, let me feed your dog. Your dog needs food. I could give him that food. These, let me feed your dog. Vaughn, let the boy feed your dog.
3: Playing opposite Chris Farley's bombastic nature.
4: You know, Tim Hurley was his roommate at NYU. And so it's kind of loosely based off, I'm sure, a character that they produced but or created. But the great thing was that um, he's like, just, yeah, just let me walk your dog. Let me just, <laughs> you know, just really nicely. And yeah, and there's Chris Farley like, like making those dad sounds, you know, like. Just let just, the boy walk your dog. Please. Let me live with you. <laughs> and I just. Uh, <laughs> but the biggest, the funniest one is like. You know, here is Adam Sandler saying, like, let me shave grandma's beard. And then, you know, Mr. O'Malley, Chris Farley's like, did you think about waxing? It takes, you know, stubble comes back. It's pretty thick. If you wax, it'll be three to four months before you have to hit it. (laughs) It's just, I loved it. And, you know, and it was just hilarious. That whole entire, it makes you feel awkward and weird, but it's hilarious.
3: Yeah, exactly. Adam was just so good at that and with his counterpart again chris farley like adam knew exactly how to play it with somebody so so larger than life Mm -hmm. on screen like chris farley you could tell Mm -hmm. adam knew exactly what he needed to do uh, in that sketch that that was was so great there was another one real quick Mm -hmm. uh it's showing off his kind of timid nature and it was uh canteen boy
0: tell me canteen boy um what was the the craziest thing you did all all last week?
5: Hmm. Uh well, uh, uh, last Wednesday, uh, you know the city's redoing the, the sidewalks over on River Road. Yeah. Well, I leaned over the guardrails and I wrote in the wet cement, "Cheryl Teagues has big boobs." <laughs> wow!
0: Wow, canteen boy, you're you're just a regular psychopath. Oh
3: yes, so very boy. very timid very shy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. character um but again playing right into like a lot of a lot of what we found endearing and relatable about adam
4: yes i loved it that you know with the different canteen boy sketches like there's some where you know like the one with jeff goldblum it's like He's there. They do, He's in one with uh John Goodman. Like, he's the butt of the joke, right? Because, you know, he's this canteen boy. And the thing that I always have to put myself into perspective is that a lot of times Adam Sandler, though he was an adult, he is playing a teenager. You know, he's playing a young kid. And there's other characters that, you know, he he does this. So you have to put yourself there. So with Canteen Boy, you know, he was just the butt of the jokes and everything like that. But I love the fact that he, like, had his boo you know, his little bird sound that would come on and the snakes Mm -hmm. would come and everything like that but of course uh, I'll be honest with you like the skit with Alec Baldwin I that is one of the most memorable most uncomfortable amazing skits that I can think of when you think of Canteen Boy Opera Man but that one with Alec Baldwin was hilarious
3: How do you do with cringe humor like that? Like uncomfortable (laughs) cringe kind of borderline SNL had to explain it away I think in in reruns, I think they had to put a disclaimer that, oh, Canteen Boy is is such and such age, so this is less Cinepro or whatever. But how do you do with like sketches that like toe the line like that, Veronica?
4: I agree. I agree. And that's the thing is that like if these skits came out now, like and I'm sure we'll touch on the Denise show, like if these skits came out now, I I don't know what they would fly, you know. But again, here's where this is where I see it is. This was pre-internet. It was just a different time, and that's what Saturday Night Live is about, right? Like just pushing the envelope and just yeah. But now, yeah, it was cringy.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was cringy, but the the premise was comedically solid. Honestly, oh, like yes, if, if you just kind of look at it, like the, it was a comedically solid premise. But you're right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. When we talk about SNL from the seventies, eighties, nineties, even early to mid two thousands, it's almost with the Understanding that some stuff might not age well, right? But in some ways, I like that they take the took the chances still, and I do think it was a solid premise. But you're right; that was the most memorable Canteen Boy by far.
4: It was, it was, it really was, and it was just like, and again, us being kiddos, like I just, I, it was just hilarious, and just, I think for also on the other side with Alec Baldwin, that was like one of the ones that I remember him from the most memorable Mm -hmm. ones because he'd been on so many times, but. That's when I first started to be like, who is Alec Baldwin? Because I never saw any of his movies at that point. And so he became I was like, oh, there he is again. He was became one of my favorites. So that was a very memorable skit for sure.
3: He, and you uh, you probably never saw anybody with chest hair like that on on, <laughs> no. Na- on television. <laughs> no.
4: When he was all put on like the a, low, yeah, like a carpet formative like, experience. Like, yeah. For I that. was like, that was like Robin Williams like level, you know, <laughs> he's up there. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, we were like, oh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like that group like so i think adam played the boy next door meek timid shy whatever you want to call it like pepper boy the Hurlihy boy canteen boy uh i f- didn't snap that all of them ended in boy that 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 makes sense because he he was <laughs> yes. inhabited like ch- children <laughs> yes. almost or adolescence. yeah in, in in these characters a lot of his mm-hmm. comedy
4: Yes, yes. It's true. And like, that's the thing is, I know Brandon Fraser recently like interviewed him. And it was one of those things where he likes playing that role because it shows that all his characters, even again in his movies, is they may be the uh, underdog, but somehow they still prevail. They never give up. So, and you'll see that in the skits, you know, like... um Again, kind of going out to the Denise show. Yes. Still having hope. Let's talk about just that. Just maybe. Because that's yeah, one yes, of my let's favorites. Talk. <laughs> yes. Shan Doherty, amazing. Love it. Like, it was such a sweet thing because... Okay, let me just say this. I remember being in high school, having crushes, and you start to imagine you calling them. And again, this was pre-internet. Like, I talked about, you know,
3: yeah, talking yeah. to
4: them, imagining, you know, how he imagine like right now i'm pretending that denise's boyfriend's getting rough with her and i and i have to calm him calm you know put him in his place and <laughs> the, i just it was like the brain of an adolescent
3: now's the point in the show where i call denise and hang up so yep. and what's funny is and one of the adam plays this so perfectly because he announces the joke like this is one of the few times where he says, "Here's gonna, here's what's gonna happen." I'm already telling you the joke yeah. on screen, but the way Adam executes it, it still makes me laugh.
4: Yes, like I'm gonna dial six of the seven numbers and <laughs> hang up. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he, 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 yeah, and you're exactly right. He announces it, and we're all like, "Right, like that's that's the process of what people do, right?" <laughs>
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now is we're at the point where my dad called me and and <laughs> like basically like yells at me. Or
0: hello, Brian, this is your father. What?
5: What the hell, I can't help it, Dad. She was everything to me. She was so strong. I
2: don't to you, so
5: <laughs> you don't get it, man. She's different. to butter. This is my life. You don't own me.
4: <laughs> no. I love Phil Hartman's like he's all you're embarrassing yeah. the family. That was just <laughs> yeah, so that's um, a
3: thing like with Adam, it's like he'll yeah, he can he, he can announce the joke that's about to happen, but his delivery and timing and just him on screen still makes the execution perfect. yeah, that Denise show. and yeah. one thing about it too, it shows like this thing that he always did so well too, is like this confident, delusional character with some simmering rage about to boil over so he was played meek really well but he also played characters that like had this rage about them
4: yes where he you could hear it he always had that little smirk on his face and you could hear hit the rage and he just toe in the line that he's not gonna snap but it's there
3: <laughs> yes. but it's there and he might it's it's just right there on the surface so that was like i can i think i can relate it to like maybe will ferrell or somebody like that who plays mm-hmm. like. Simmering rage just so well.
4: Yeah. And he did that for so many characters where he was just like, shut up, you know, like that's, and that's just part of it, you know, and kind of moving forward to like, um, you know, him being on, um, on SNL in 2019, you know, one of my favorite ones there was the Adam Sandler family reunion or the Sandler family reunion, (laughs) And all those characters, because he just has this range of characters that we all know. We all know. But when they come out, like, it's just original and it's amazing and and, um, it just gets you every time, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. He's, like, abrasive, but has, like, this pathetic quality that's somehow Mm -hmm. endearing and we still root for him. So that's the trick right there. Yeah. Is to be abrasive and to be... Kind of out there and and yell basically, but we still mm-hmm. do root for him. And we I guess we all know people like that. We we excuse it like, oh, that's just Adam being Adam. Yeah. Oh, you gotta, you still gotta love him, but that's just Adam being Adam. Sometimes he flies off the handle for like half a second, but it's
4: yes, and it's fine, it's fine, you
3: know. Yeah, that Denise show was like such a perfect example uh, of all this. That's one of the ones that that I most remember uh, mm-hmm. Adam for. So I'm glad. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yes. glad you brought that up.
4: It is hilarious. And I love, yeah, how he's just, and how he would bring on like Chris Farley and be like, So have you heard anything about Denise yet? No. Okay, bye. Or he had like, I think David yeah. Spade, he's like, he just broke up with a girlfriend and like real court, you know, short little like interviews. And it was just, but then finally, you know, when Nicole Kidman came on, and that's right. when he was like, as soon as she kissed him, he was like, the Denise show is finally is done, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, good says. for you, good for you." <laughs>
3: exactly, we were happy for him that mm-hmm. that that he moved on from Denise and he he found this new love interest. That's the part; like, we still root for this guy, yes, even though he could be a bit abrasive and stuff. That's such a <laughs> yes. such mm-hmm. a great quality.
4: <laughs> yes, what
3: yes. else? Um, with Adam stuck out to you on SNL,
4: I think you know you cannot put. SNL and Adam Sandler without the singing, the guitar, the weekend updates. Like this man, he loved to sing and his songs were just, wow. Like let's, let's dive deep into that, Tom. Like let's talk about Adam Sandler's musical performances. Like those are one of a kind.
3: Yeah. So memorable. So we should know that this took place on weekend update, mostly Uh, Mm -hmm. there's, there's maybe one or two exceptions, but mostly this took place on weekend update. So I wanted to ask you, um, before we get specific, like as an SNL viewer, where does weekend update and specifically these update pieces that cast members come on and do like, where does it all fit into your enjoyment of SNL?
4: Wow, for me, I know some. I I'll be honest. First, growing up, I didn't understand the Weekend Update, and I used to be like, oh, you know, this was after like the the singer, you know, after the, you know, yeah. after the musical performance and whatnot. But as I got a little bit older, and then I started to see these side characters because I my I'll, my first memory of Weekend Update was um, with uh, Dennis Miller and his comedy. As a young girl, it was just it was different for me, you know. But Kevin Nealon, like he and himself, like. Uh, just very awkward and funny and I don't know, but uh, I used to love seeing Weekend Update with Kevin Eland. And then I knew when I would see Adam Sandler singing, like for me, it, I waited for it every week. If we got it, I was so happy, you know, and I was excited to hear it. And then um, of course, like we were talking about the comedy albums and whatnot, like we started to see those songs coming up on there as well. So uh, for me, it was a point of not only like these side skits, but it was it was really a way for me to learn about what was going on in the world and what was in news and what was what was funny about that, you know?
3: Yeah, I think as an SNL viewer, a lot of times that's the case where where we as we get older, Weekend Update becomes more of a central part of the show. Mm-hmm. I think so. What you're describing, like when I was a kid, I. Kind of like Dennis Miller. I more so liked when, like, Al Franken would come on Weekend Update Mm -hmm, or somebody like that rather than Dennis Miller himself. But you're right. Kevin Nealon added that more goofy quality. And that's where Adam shined was when he would come on with Kevin Nealon. So, like, what song first sticks out to you in particular that Adam did on Weekend Update?
4: I think, of course, the turkey song, right?
5: Thanksgiving (laughs) is a special night. (laughs) Jimmy Walker used to say dynamite. That's right. Turkey with the gravy and the cranberry. Can't believe the Mets traded that a strawberry. Turkey for you and the turkey for me. Can't believe Tyson gave the girl VD.
4: When I heard this, I thought it was so clever and so hilarious. And the song kept getting better, you know, and... Like and it goes with all his little sounds and his whatnot and he was just so sweet about it. And um the Turkey song for me is like a a Thanksgiving staple now, right? Like it just Absolutely. you you need to hear that every Thanksgiving. But I like that he always gives it up to Kevin Nealon though. He's like, Come on, Kevin, and and he always is he obliges, you know. But um the turkey song is amazing. Um Oh my! There's just
3: that's like a nursery uh, rhyme, like that's like a that's like a child song.
4: Yes, really. Turkey, if you break yeah.
3: it down, yeah, yeah. But it's so good, like even as an adult.
4: Yes, it's like, like for it, me, he, this
3: is earworm.
4: It is, and my favorite lyric is, "I love to eat turkey out of a big brown shoe." Like it's like what?
3: <laughs> it's so dumb. You know, and it's I'm so listening
4: good. to this, and imagine you know you picture it in your brain, you know.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the childlike quality again. Yes, and, and of course we knew he had this other side because because we'd mentioned the comedy albums. So he had this like mm-hmm. R-rated, abrasive mm-hmm. side, but then he could get on Weekend Update and do this these like wonderful songs, these earworms, something mm-hmm. like the Turkey Song. Like I mentioned, it was like a, a nursery rhyme. Yes, uh, in, in yes. some ways, I loved Red Hooded Sweatshirt. <laughs>
0: sweatshirt, jingle, ding dong. <laughs>
5: Swation. Come on, audience members, help me out here. I love you. Swash shirt.
0: Red hooded.
5: Swash shirt.
0: Dip, dip, dip. <laughs> Oh-ho.
5: Swash shirt. ling-dong. Yeah. Swash shirt. I love you so.
2: Happy Valentine's, everybody. Yeah.
4: Today I was like, should I wear a red hooded sweatshirt? You know, like it, yeah, and like, I
3: almost did.
4: Oh, you should have <laughs> Next my UNM Lobos
3: red hooded sweatshirt. I almost yeah,
4: wore. right, exactly. Because just in meant for Valentine's Day, you know, and I like yeah. it how he's like, I challenge you to a, a game of one on one. He's like, I threw you in yeah. the corner, <laughs> and this is the thing that got me with red hooded sweatshirt. Like it was such a sweet like simple song about a hoodie. And I'll be honest again, who hasn't worn that sweatshirt or hoodie for like a full year at school? Like when you're Mm -hmm. going through the change of puberty where you're like, this is my safety shirt or hoodie. But then at the end, you realize that Paul McCartney's been in the audience the whole time. He's all dip, dip, dip. And there's Linda McCartney in there like, what? (laughs) He's been performing this thing in front of, Paul McCartney and 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 for that and then so is Kevin Neely and be like dip, dip dip you know doing their thing and so ding dong <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> and um and that just made that song that much more awesome because no holds back he just did him
3: yeah such a memorable uh part with Paul and Linda and uh, so I brought up like so Adam knew how to play opposite Chris Farley's like manic energy really well but he mm-hmm. also did a good job. At, uh, in these songs, especially Red Hooded Sweatshirt, of playing opposite Kevin Nealon's, like more subdued. So he tried to get Kevin Nealon involved in the song, and Kevin was just like pretending to write notes like a serious newsman. And then he would get Kevin, and then Kevin would uh, raise his head and go shamalama ding dong, and then he would go back to his notes. So Adam knew how yeah. to like play opposite that more subtle dry energy that Kevin Nillen brought like what, like that, that's that's a mark of like a really versatile performer who knows how to mind the comedy and something
4: it's true like you have to know that those two talk to each other and say Kevin you keep doing you <laughs> and I'm just going to invoke that out of you okay and it works every single time it works i don't know if you saw the one where he the second part of thanksgiving where he is being Bruce Springsteen. Want to eat that
5: turkey Cause it doesn't make you heavier. Let's eat turkey in my 65 Chevy oh, oh, oh. Gobble, gobble, key Turkey on Thanksgiving Is the best time of the year Tide is a good detergent, so all-temper cheer. Oh, Whoa, oh, oh. turkey lurky
1: ding.
4: And he's like singing his song as Bruce Springsteen, and then Kevin Nealon starts playing the saxophone at the end. Like, it's just, these are things that you don't expect. But when you see it, you're like, uh, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense now.
3: <laughs> Adam played such a good Bruce Springsteen. Like, that
4: was... He's
3: all good. Uh, He looked he, he, he looked like Bruce Springsteen that when Courtney Cox hosted, Adam came out and did like the dark dancing in the dark dance with with Courtney. That was so good. That's one of the impressions that I that somehow sticks in my mind like Adam's Bruce Springsteen. You <laughs> just
0: 100% with so the well. bandana
4: and the pocket and everything like ito, though. It was amazing, you know. <laughs> yes. Like oh my and yeah, like there's just certain little jewels, little gems that you, have you know, Adam Sandler can just Throughout out there that it just it's comedy gold like you just cannot not crack up about it and yeah. and talk about it the next day it's a water cooler moment if we still have that in today's day yeah
3: yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and also on update he did opera man like 10 times <laughs> mm-hmm. as well oh. and yeah, re-watching some opera man it was like a little more clever than i remembered and I think somebody would assume It's like a fun way to comment on the news.
5: Come on, a minute, oh. second time oh, you're a great. Oh. Next year, vacation, go to France, oh, give someone else a freaking chance. Oh.
3: I think there was a little more to Opera than I even gave it credit for.
4: 100%. Like when you go back and look at this, these were real current events happening at that time. Yeah. And he was saying it like it is. <laughs> and, yeah. but just, you know, doing his, you know, with his, his handkerchief and whatnot. And he just, um, he put it in such a sweet, savvy way that. It was classic and it was hilarious and so innovative, you know, because at that time it was like Broadway, Phantom of the Opera, you know, all this stuff. And he he played on that. And I just it was just unique and innovative. And but again, he was able to even bring and I was so thankful when he brought it back in 2019. It was hilarious. You know, he that I that obviously was one of his favorite characters. It, given that he brought it back.
3: Yeah, that was a Sandler favorite, a, a favorite of the audience for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, and again, this is like a fun way for him to he say like mean, a lot of mean things too about celebrities, <laughs> but in this character where so it didn't come across as mean. Even a yeah. lot of times, even though they had like the the funny subtitles uh, on the bottom of the, a lot of times mm-hmm. he didn't even really know exactly what he was saying at first. <laughs> yes. So he could say some mean yeah. stuff. And toe the line of like the NBC censors getting on his case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as this kind of goofy character, opera man. Yes. Like.
4: And he took you through different things like sad and happy and whatnot. But I liked him again in the more recent one where he was talking about ugly man and with Seth Rogen being in a movie with uh, Charlie Theron and, and then he was like talking about like how this goofy guy get, gets to kiss all the, the you know the hot girls and he was all who else would do that you know and it was and he showed yeah. Yeah. him <laughs> with all <laughs> that was hilarious pretty lady goofy man uh, opera man no oh,
5: understand uh, silly face but still he's for. Uh, where have I seen this before uh? come on <laughs>
4: <laughs> and the thing is with Opperman, is like when you saw him, you knew you were in for a treat and he was going to say it how it is and it was going to be hilarious. You know what I'm thinking about now that we're talking about? You know, obviously we had Opperman, but how about all the innovative Halloween costume?
5: Or uh, use something from around the house, a the teabag's great. I'm crazy, teabag mouth. And I do believe I want some candy. Look at my mouth. There's a damn tea bag going out of it. I don't know about you, but to me, that's crazy. So i about to give me some candy. Or at least a glass of hot
3: water to dip into. Such a silly, basic <laughs> premise that Adam, just on sheer will, made work.
4: And simple, right? Like, just simple. Like, who, that whole entire, like, don't think too hard you know like let's just be funny right like that was just it was the most simplistic kind of comedy that there is and it works it works yeah. my favorite one and tell me what's yours my favorite one is i'm crazy pickle mustache man i'm crazy <laughs> yeah. now give me some candy <laughs> do you have a favorite
3: <laughs> oh gosh the pickle mustache was great um i'm i'm like blanking right now uh on all the halloween costume ideas was it like uh he had something for eyes
4: yes he had like for the protractor he's like yes hey crazy protractor eyes i can see my, my vision may be impaired but give me some candy <laughs> or like when he had the plant hand and he was like this is yeah. insane you know or newspaper <laughs> unicorn I, I this is the thing. It is, was the like,
3: newspaper unicorn that I was thinking of. Thank you. Yes, you, thank you're you so welcome, much. That was actually welcome. that was actually the the one that was like aching to come out of my brain. Yeah. Now give and me all some this candy.
4: Stuff, he, now give me and it was always all I'm insane. Now give me some candy. Or he like he had a shoe <laughs> on his hand, you know, and he's all how the crazy is hand. that I have a shoe. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? In like prepping for this, I'll be honest with you, I'm like, why do we not have a Halloween party? of all of those suggestions. Crazy Spoonhead, man. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? I would, I, I would either do the pickle mustache or the pickle arm. And then he ate the pickle and he's like, I ate my own hand. Like, <laughs> I remember that stuff being incredibly just like, wow. For the kiddo that doesn't have money. And like, who, you know, yes. Yeah. You know, it was just so sweet yeah, and, exactly. and just, yeah. you know, and just so simplistic and, I thought it was absolutely hilarious and like who would have thought of doing that because yeah.
3: It's just force force of personality. That's just Mm -hmm. shows that, that how much people loved Adam Mm -hmm. on the show and how much goodwill he had to where he would come out and try something like that and try something. So like, honestly simple and kind of dumb, but -hmm. it's Adam. So we're along for the ride. Like we buy into it.
4: And and to be honest, like, you know, kind of, that's where he built his his fan base, right? Yeah. Like we went through all of that with him and it moved on to his, you know, career outside of SNL. And and I think that's just, you know, he was able to just be like one of us. And it was just it was just hilarious, you know. And yeah. uh there's just so many moments of Adam Sandler like. I think a lot of people. I don't know. I maybe I, again I'm biased because I grew up with him. But when I think of Adam Sandler, I think first Boop SNL, right? Yeah, people and, our age. Um,
3: mm-hmm. that, that that's where we go first, I think.
4: And I think that going back to you know all of his characters, how many of our characters did he have on SNL that then bled into now outside of there? Cajun Man.
0: Cajun Man. Only one more month till America votes for its president. ELECTION! What do you think about the candidate?
5: No Harry Truman! Well, Cajun man, do you think you could
0: do better than these guys? WITHOUT
5: QUESTION! Really?
0: Well, what would be your game plan?
5: LEGALIZE PROSTITUTION! Interesting.
0: Wow, Cajun man, imagine if you were president. you get to live in the White House. Not a bad place, huh?
4: NEEDS RENOVATION! I would only imagine, you know, you know, for Waterboy, you know, like that was a thread there, and that was hilarious.
3: Also, like I think the Denise show and like Happy Gilmore
2: mm-hmm.
3: were mm-hmm. were kind of close. I know Adam was playing maybe a little heightened version of himself, but he yeah. he had this like similar traits in the Denise mm-hmm. show as he did as he showed in like Happy Gilmore. Yes, like
4: you're that. right. Like with the penguin.
3: Yeah, I wanna yeah. kiss
4: you all over. Over and again, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yes,
4: or like, and here's the thing is that with the whole entire transition from when he first came on until he left, and the cast, you know, he had his friends, he had the group of friends, you know, and um, I really feel like we've he's taking care of them. This man has recently, you know, got awarded the Mark Twain. Mm -hmm. Award for American Humor, and he has always taken care of his group of friends, and we saw them at during SNL, and they all supported each other, and there were so many skits that, for instance, like Lunch Lady, like, wow, that was memorable in itself. That's one that I cannot tell you. The first time I saw Chris Farley come out there with the yellow gloves and the... (laughs) And Adam Sandler, again, like we were talking about earlier with this bombastic, and like, I have I have no idea. Like, Jimmy Fallon's pretty bad at keeping it together, right? Like, he always would break character and laugh. Adam Sandler, you could tell he would just shake his head just a little bit when he was like, uh-uh. <laughs> but he had to see that next to him. I love Ledge Lady. Oh,
5: hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders. Navy beans, navy beans, navy beans, navy beans. Hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders. Navy beans, navy beans, meatloaf sandwich. Sloppy stop sloppy
3: I love that. You know, because you know Chris, like, when he he sang in Adam's face or did certain things, like, just to probably get Adam to break.
4: On purpose, yeah. On yes, purpose, yes.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was so excited, Veronica, because Lunch Lady Land was from one of his comedy albums. So when we actually saw it performed on SNL with, like, mm-hmm. the people in costumes, there was a young Sarah Silverman mm-hmm. in the background in a costume in that. Kevin Nealon came out as a sloppy joe. And uh, like, Norm MacDonald w- was in this. Yeah. Sloppy yes. Joe.
4: Sloppy, sloppy Joe. So sloppy Joe. So oh, sloppy Joe. Yes. And and that's so funny. I sometimes at work, out of nowhere, I'll be honest with you, because we're homies. We've been best friends since we were five years old. Sometimes I'll be typing notes and I'll be like, hoagies and grinders, hoagies and grinders, navy beans, navy beans, meatball sandwich. <laughs> and everybody else is all, think she's think we're lose being is i you know these things again like you were saying they're engraved in our minds and it's amazing
3: mm-hmm. yeah when when my wife makes sloppy joes and i look at oh. her and i go sloppy joe sloppy sloppy joe and she looks at me like what the hell are you talking about
4: <laughs> you're like don't worry i get <laughs> who, it don't you did fine. i marry yeah. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah and that's the thing so yeah is it was that, it was wonderful and and that's the thing is that like With Adam Sandler and his career, like I really feel that like coming back to SNL, like it was just it was great because he was fired, you know, that monologue that he had, you know, (laughs) and he was he was fired, Chris Farley was fired, and then he brought on Chris Rock and you know, and obviously we'll never know why and what and what happened, but um he put a stamp on SNL and it was something that I mean, you think about Sarah Live and Ann Sandler and you're like, yeah, those two go together. How can you have SNL without Adam Sandler?
3: Yeah. But before we start wrapping it up, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of ad parodies on SNL, especially from around that time? Like which ones? Like Schmitz Gay.
4: Oh, okay. Oh my. that <laughs> That was one of my favorite ones. Of all time, because you didn't see that coming. Do you know what I mean? No,
3: right. You know, they're just exactly. these
4: two dudes. They're hanging out and whatever. It was hilarious.
5: This is the great house sitting deal that you found. This place is a dump. Just wait till you see the pool.
4: No water. And how he, and again, he and Farley were just hilarious together. So sincere about it. Enjoying it being in the moment and um it just was hilarious and it was precious too if that makes sense
3: <laughs> yeah yeah it was Adam innocent Sam, it was so innocent and no because <laughs> they were genuinely enjoying themselves and it was so yeah. fun to see it was a parody on like a beer commercial from around that time that had women scantily yeah. clad and yeah. it was very sexist so they said you know let's flip this on its head mm-hmm. have these two dudes get excited when these like muscly guys come out of the pool <laughs>
5: You two look like you need to get wet.
3: Thank you. We see them like partying with these guys. (laughs) yeah.
4: And how they had the camera and they were like doing it and they were like, you know, exactly. They were doing the exact opposite of during that time. Again, these whole masculine like beer commercials. They did the same exact thing. Yeah. But it was Schmitz
3: yeah. gay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yes. Schmitz gay was ahead of its time.
4: <laughs> oh, beyond. Okay, exactly. Because the whole entire Budweiser or whatever, he's like, okay, ahead of its time, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did want to go party with them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That looks like
4: fun. <laughs> <No>. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Is there anything from Adam Sandler's SNL career sketches or characters that we may have missed that you wanted to make sure that we hit before before we head on out?
4: Il Cantore or Il Cantor is uh, one of the most funniest skits I can think of because here's the thing: is that Chrissy she totally just let this happen, you know? It mm-hmm. was malissima and this and that. It was just hilarious how they overly exerted. And again, it might be a little bit cliche at this, or I I don't even know if cliche is the right word, but you know, today it may not flow. Yeah. But this overly like Italian celebration of how they feel about women, you know, and it's just like, and again, there's Kevin Nealon being strict and, you know, just himself. But that skit was hilarious. I just thought it was just so sweet and beautiful. And there was just how all the men were just in it. She felt that that was a skit that nobody else would do.
3: Yeah, yeah. She was game. And I think sometimes that's overused, I think, for uh, hosts is that like they're game for sketches. But this is an example of hosts just being game for it and just saying, okay. I'm 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 hosting the show, I'm gonna throw myself into it. You can do whatever to me, you can lick my face, you can hunt me, or like <laughs> you know, like
4: that's... And if you look at her, she does not break character no. one bit. Dana Carvey is licking her face and this and that. And she does not break at all. And I just find it so hilarious how, you know, here comes a young Adam Sandler out in his Speedo again, coming out and just, you know, uh, oh, and when he looked on her shirt and he was all bellissima. You know, it's just, again, it toes that line, but it's hilarious. And it was just, and then they had the hotel. Yeah, they, they, they brought the it ho- back. They brought it back. Yep. Yeah. They didn't end it there. <laughs> yeah,
3: the next season. So they did La Cantoria
2: mm-hmm.
4: the
3: next season because it mm-hmm. works. So it went over so well with the crowd. Kirstie Alley loved doing it. I, obviously, everybody had so much fun. So they decided to bring it back, and we saw Adam Sandler be goofy uh, again with all his pals and just being his uh, his typical endearing self. Veronica. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah, and and that was the, the amazing thing is like somehow um, even if it. I don't know, he he just brings you in and you enjoy your time, you know, and you laugh and it's stupid and that in itself, like stupid slapstick comedy, I'll take it any day.
3: So Veronica, Adam Sandler came back to host SNL back in 2019. For my money, one of the better episodes that's hosted by an SNL alum. Like, What did you think of Adam Sandler's hosting gig a few years ago?
4: Wow. It was just, it was amazing. Like, it was so nice to see him come back. And I know we'll talk about the legacy is that he was able to show off his legacy. Right. And there were so many good skits, not new. And could you imagine being fired from SNL? Right. Yeah. Going off to do this amazing career. Movies, X, Y, and Z. I can only imagine being a cast of SNL, you're always probably writing script, uh, writing skits.
3: Yeah. Or thinking of so, ideas. You're like, at least in your mind, you're probably always thinking of premises for right? sketches. and Yeah.
4: Yeah, like, oh my gosh, this would have been an amazing skit on SNL, right? So it was so heartwarming to see him come back. And so we saw a little bit of new and we saw some rehashing. And so... But one thing that he did was he sang the Chris Farley song. And if that didn't get you in the feels, I don't know what would. On
5: Saturday night, my man would always
4: deliver. Whether you was the
5: bumblebee girl or living in a bird. Chippendales with Swayze when they replaced his coffee with Folgers. He went full on crazy. The sexiest cap girl and me loaf in the band. Without a man no lunch lady in lunch lady land. You know I'm thinking about, thinking about my boy Chris Farley.
3: I teared up when he, oh. when he performed that. Like that's I think it's one of the few times that I've teared up watching SNL.
4: Right. Obviously. Yes, obviously we grew up on SNL. We grew up on Farley, and we all went through that, right? Mm-hmm. We only heard about what happened to Chris Farley, but after that, nobody really talked about it. Of course, we have to respect the family and everything like that. All of us had to mourn that in a different way over the years. So finally, when Adam Sandler sang the Chris Farley song "Tom," that was a way for us to really memorialize Chris Farley. Yeah. And he said it in such a poetic, beautiful, compassionate, and candid way that I was moved by it. And it was like, this is what I needed to hear. And obviously, I don't know Chris Farley. You know, we're just fans, right? Mm -hmm. But it all the more hurt knowing that it came from one of his best friends.
3: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the human side of of Adam Sandler to mm-hmm. the the relatable, endearing side mm-hmm. that we got to see him express like that true emotion and true passion, like mourning one of his best friends mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a proper song, a great song with the slideshow and mm-hmm. everything. And it's a song that he had been mm-hmm. performing um, on his comedy tour and like yeah. different live performances that he'd been doing. Leading up, um, mm-hmm. I knew about it, but seeing him perform it on SNL had a different meaning than him performing it like in radio or somewhere else, you know, is
4: in front of the world. Yeah. And talking about his dad, talking about everything and his inspirations and everything like that. Like I was really surprised that he would allow the world to see that vulnerability and it was, it was beautiful. Even to this day, I watch it. I get all lumpy, you know, get you in the goods. <laughs> so,
3: mm-hmm. how could you not? Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So do I. I mean, that was just like an amazing part of just an all around really good episode. Mm-hmm. I think and, uh, I'm so happy. Like, that was when people who would be who we'd been clamoring for to come back, mm-hmm. like uh, Eddie Murphy had come back. And then, mm-hmm. then we see Adam Sandler come back and do a great episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just so neat to see Adam Sandler come back in his element and uh, turn in a really, really good episode of SNL. And the Chris Farley song was like the topper of it all to me.
4: For me also, because I was taken back by that. But overall, for me, that I felt like that was like, if if Adam Sandler never hosts SNL again, that's fine. For me, that was his legacy. He put the cherry on top. He reminded, He reminded all of his fans, here I am. And hey, if you don't know me, I'm Adam Sandler. And that in itself is, he's a Sandman.
3: And a lot of times we see cast members who we love in the show, after their careers, they don't go on to like a ton of success. And we wonder, you know, what happened with Adam? That it was, It's the opposite. He's probably one of the most successful former cast members in SNL history. So, like, where do you stand, Veronica, on Sandler's movies? I know they could be hit and miss for some people, including myself. There's a few, there's a lot of misses there. There's also a lot of hits. So, like, where do you stand as far as Sandler's movies go?
4: Ooh. Let me just tell you something. For you, you know, I know before we started, we were talking about the um, the holiday season. You know, Happy New Year, everybody. Ah, uh, watched Eight Crazy Nights for the first time. Have I've you heard seen good it?
3: Things I've never seen that.
4: Oh. You need to see it. It is hilarious. I loved it. It was amazing. And that in itself, like, for me, Adam Sandler's career, SNL, and after SNL, it's a hit. This man stays true to himself. And, um, and sure. And and that's the thing is that these crit- – I, and I love this about Adam Sandler is that if he listened to his critics – he would have been done long ago. Yeah, you're right. You know, but we all know him and we know what he represents, I guess, and what his is messages, and that's to laugh. And when I watch an Adam Sandler movie, I know I'm going to laugh. And when I watch Adam Sandler dramatic movies, wow, you know what I mean? Good uncut call. jobs, uncut jobs, you know. <laughs> Yeah. There was that I'm just kidding, I'm sorry I had to do it. Um, <laughs> that went on in my household for quite some time after we heard that. <laughs> oh no but but point being is that, um, this man is just hilarious, you know and and he brings a certain comedy that if you get it, you get it, and it's it's everything. it's It's a generational thing, bro.
3: Yeah, Rita, it, you know? it really is. Like, again, we're children of the 90s, and he mm-hmm. owned – well, he and Jim Carrey, in my opinion, oh, owned, yeah. like, the oh. latter half of the 90s. You're so right. So you yeah. had, like, that run from, like, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, The Waterboy, even Big Daddy. <laughs> like, I, still like, I still like that movie.
4: Oh, Big Daddy's amazing. God bless Big Daddy. Yes, it was – and this is me being like, mm, that little boy – Uh, I love Steve Buscemi, right? Like, again, one of Adam Sandler, you know, and that's what I love about Adam Sandler movies. You'll always see his homies in these movies in one form or another, you know, like they will always be there. And and it's it's one of those things that um, he never lets us down. Do you know what I mean? I I can't think of a movie that I've been like, "Mm," you know, maybe little "Mm." Nikki.
3: I'm not going to (gasps) lie. Maybe little Nikki is that controversial?
4: I have to go. I'm sorry. Tommy.
3: Oh no! I'll talk to you
4: later. What do you mean, little Nikki? Watch it again, bro? It's Maybe a good move You
3: need watch again.
4: You was in a it bad again.
3: mood when I saw it. I mean.
4: Okay. No, like that movie, you have to, and that's again, you have to take it for what it's worth. Like it was so sweet. Like little again, little Nikki was um, very much an underdog, right? He was the son of Satan and he just couldn't cut it. Right. True. He tried to do his best and he couldn't cut it. And his brothers were mean to him. Okay. Without me going down a wormhole, rewatch it. See how amazing that that is. (laughs)
3: You're so good at pitching movies. I, I want to watch it again. <laughs> I'm so sorry,
4: this is, this I want after good. we're done here. You're gonna watch it and a story, and I'll find out if I'll we tell we my can family
3: go. that that's what I'm doing tonight.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's just hilarious of how his execution and just you know I've met so many people, especially being out here in SoCal, that they love their their um, horror movies and their Jasons and their Freddy, whatever. like. Watch it again. In the eyes of just somebody who loves darkness, you know, it's hilarious.
3: I'll do that. I definitely do that. One thing I will say about Sandler is he's universally mentioned as one of the nicest people in Hollywood. Like one of the nicest. And if you read like those clickbait articles Mm -hmm. or watch YouTube videos and people get asked like who's the meanest celebrity, who's the nicest, Mm -hmm. Reddit threads, Mm -hmm. everybody universally says that Sandler's like the nicest guy
4: and just from like uh it's not a personal story but it's like a hand me down story um when i was out here practicing after i graduated from vet school he was filming out in rancho cucamonga like area of socal and some of of uh, the vet technicians they saw him at a um a barbecue place out there and they said that he was so nice, and he took time to take pictures with them and everything like that. And I and I agree with you. Like that's what everybody says is that the person that you see is the person that you get. And he's so thankful and just takes time to be with his fans. Again, going back to his recent award for the Mark Twain, is that uh, he thanked the fans, you know, f- because and that that's so nice because he has a huge fan base that has been with him and support him and love him, which is amazing. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's why that's a big reason why I'm so happy for his success. He's founded his production company, Happy Madison, mm-hmm. releases something almost every year.
4: Right. They're all Dude's successful.
3: Bigalow. Yeah. Dude, he has all these uh, movies with Netflix, a big deal with them. Wow. So uh, if there's anybody in Hollywood who I'm like super happy for their success, it's Adam Sandler just because he's like the nicest guy from everything that we know.
4: Can I make another movie plug? Please. Have you seen You're So Not Invited to My Bats Mitzvah?
3: Not yet. That's on the list. I'm a busy guy. I was prepping for <laughs> this know- episode and so that's why I didn't watch it.
4: <laughs> I'm just letting you guys know. All of you, aside from Tom, is that he has his two daughters in there, Sadie and Sonny. And, of course, his wife. Like, it is amazing. Like, he keeps going, right?
2: Yeah. He's the
4: Energizer Energizer Bunny. Like, he just does his thing. And he has so many projects and ideas. And he goes from Hotel Transylvania, which the kids, they watch all the time, to Punch Drunk Love, to this, to that. Like, this man, he... He graduated from NYU, bro. He's an actor and a comedian. And it's just, yeah.
3: I love how he'll flex his acting chops. Sometimes people act surprised like when Punch Drunk Love came out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Sandler was so good. And then Funny People, which was like a dramatic. It was funny, but it was also like pretty heavy in a lot of parts and dramatic. And Sandler was great in that. Uncut Gems. He was yes. really good. Hustle. Wow. I'm a big basketball Holy fan. Moly. I saw Hustle. I don't know if you saw oh. Hustle.
4: It was amazing. This, of course, like Adam Sandler and basketball, right?
3: By the way, I want to play a pickup basketball game with Adam Sandler.
4: You should, but make sure you wear the right clothes. You know what I mean. Wear a hoodie, shorts. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I know that you know. Go out to New York. You, I'm sure you'll be able to pick it up. But yes, wouldn't that be amazing? Because he's darn good, bro. I saw some videos recently.
3: He's got some moves. He's a good passer. He yeah. has good layup package. He has I I like Sandler's game.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we're talking about his b ball game. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. He would appreciate this. <laughs>
4: I think he should. Because yeah. it's under it's underrated and it's not talked about enough.
3: Not not nearly enough. Which I think <laughs> is terrible. Um, exactly.
4: As a fellow, you know, I obviously I didn't play basketball, but I know you did or do, is you know, let's bring it to light. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. So before we get out of here, and on this note, uh, I wanted to ask you, Veronica, what do you think Adam Sandler's ultimate legacy is when it comes to his time on SNL?
4: Wow. That's a big question because we've had so many greats on SNL, right? But I think for Adam Sandler is that he came in as himself. And this man was unapologetic. Even again, thinking about his characters and everything like that, is that he was himself, bare bones, you know, hard on his sleeve. And not everybody feels that comfortable to do that, that vulnerability. He built a, a fan base because of how hilarious he is. And then in the future, you know, he was able to make something for himself and his Happy Madison universe for the rest of us. And the nice thing is about Adam Sandler is like we were talking about earlier is that he didn't listen to everybody's. He followed his dream. He was so strong with his family in particularly his father and, um, his dad meant a lot to him. And I think, you know, me losing my dad, I know that it meant a lot to him that he wanted to continue that legacy, not only for his dad, but for his family. And, He's a good person, and when you think of Saturday Live and Adam Sandler, you just think of pure comedy, pure, hilarious laughter. And so for Adam Sandler, I would say his legacy is just making the world a better place, a funnier place.
1: All right, Thank you so much, Veronica Villanueva. It's great to have you back in the hall. And Thomas, of course, we couldn't do any of this without you, our chief librarian. So there's that. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, when I think of Sandler, uh, I-, I like to think of the-, the world being a funnier place with him in it and a better place. And I, I think that's a great message. The dude just seems real, uh, very humble. Very hungry when the when when the time comes for him to hit the stage. He delivers the goods. Uh, I, I think of his effort hosting the show just a couple of years ago. That Chris Farley song was great. And speaking of songs, he's known for that. So why don't we go to one of his more famous songs right now from Weekend Update. This is the Hanukkah song.
5: Tonight is the seventh night of Hanukkah. And here to sing a Hanukkah song is Adam. Sadler! That's not this kid, ain't it? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks very much. Um, well, uh, when when I was a kid, uh, this time of year always, always made me feel a little left out, because, uh, uh, in school there were so many Christmas songs, and all us Jewish kids had was the song Dreidel Dreidel Dreidel, and, uh, so, uh, I wrote a brand new Hanukkah song for you Jewish kids to sing, and I hope you like it. <clears throat> Put on your yarmulke, here comes Hanukkah. So much fun to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. <laughs> But when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a list of people who are Jewish, just like you and me.
2: <laughs>
5: David Lee Roth lights the menorah. So do Kirk Douglas, James Caan, and the late Dinah Shora. Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli? Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli. <laughs> Paul Newman's half-Jewish and Goldie Horns half-too. Put them together. What a fine-looking Jew. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't need Deck Halls or Jingle Bell Rock. Because you can spin a dreidel with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spark, both Jewish! <laughs> Put on your yarmulke, here comes Hanukkah! The owner of the Seattle Supersonica <laughs> celebrates Hanukkah! O.J. Simpson, not a Jew. <laughs> but guess who is? Hall of Famer Rod Carew. He, he converted. <clears throat> we got Ann Landers and her sister, dear Abby. Harrison Ford's a quarter Jewish. Not too shabby. <laughs> Some people think that Ebenezer Scrooge is. Well, he's not, but guess who is? All three Stooges. <laughs> oh, my. So, so many Jews are in show business. Tom Cruise isn't, but I think his agent is. <laughs> Tell your friend Veronica, it's time to celebrate Hanukkah. I hope I get a harmonica on this lovely, lovely Hanukkah. So drink your gin and Hanukkah, but don't smoke marijuana if you really, really want to Have a happy, 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 happy Hanukkah.
2: Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. Really great. And did you hear that applause break when they announced him off the top, when Norm announced him off the top? Hall of Famer Norm MacDonald announced him off the top. Oh my gosh, that was tremendous. And the outro as well. Just just uh, really hitting the mark. I, I, I wonder, you know, thought experiment. I wonder where Sandler would rate in terms of SNLers. Had he been on in a more prominent era, you know, he 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 came on at the end of the second golden era, and you know it was uh, it was tough sledding for a few years there. You know the the late nineties, uh, the mid to late nineties. It was it was tough, and you know he was one of the preeminent stars of the show at that point. So I you know I wonder if he gets dragged down in the muck because of that. I I, I don't know. Here's your chance to rectify that, though. Cast your vote when the time comes, and we will, of course, tabulate those votes. And if Mr. Sandler achieves over 66.6% of the vote, he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame to join many of his peers. So there's that. That's what I've got for you this week. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Stay cool, and do me a favor. On the way out, As you're walking past the Weekend Update exhibit, there's a light switch on the wall. Turn it off, because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed.
0: Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at S-N-L-H-O-F. This is Doug Danant saying, this is Doug Danant saying, see you next week.